have been blessed by it. Amen. So such wealth, wisdom, and instruction and truth found. Amen. In this wonderful book, Deuteronomy chapter 30. We'll begin our reading with verse 11. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11. Thank you, worship team. Amen. For bringing to the Lord an excellent sacrifice of praise and worship that we as, as a family could follow after and worship together. Amen. Amen. Give honor to my father-in-law that is here with us today. Love this man. Amen. I owe him a great debt. <laughs> he gave me his beautiful daughter, amen, to marry, and I'm so thankful for my wife. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 11, the Bible says, For this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from you. It's not far from you. It's not up in heaven that you should say, who could go up there to heaven and bring it to us so that we could hear it and do it? It's not beyond the sea that you would be justified to say, who can go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it? No, but the word. Some will say the word. It's very close unto you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart that thou mayest do it. Look, see, I have set before you this day life and good, death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and the Lord thy God shall bless you in the land where you go to possess it. And everyone say amen to the word. Amen. I believe the Lord would like to talk to us. He would like to encourage. He would like to strengthen someone here today. Amen. And I believe that it could bless everyone that will have an ear to hear what the Spirit would like to say to the church. Let us pray that we would have just that an ear to hear what the Spirit says to the church. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the availability of your word. Lord, the anointed and forever settled word of God, we have access to it. And Lord, we are privileged to come together to hear the declaration, the preaching of the word of God. And I pray that we will have an ear to hear what the Spirit would say to the church from your word. I pray for every person under the sound of my voice, both here present and those that will hear the recording of this. Lord, I pray that we will have a heart that is ready to receive, hands that are ready to apply the truth that we hear today. I pray, Lord, that your word will find the good soil of our heart so that it might bear down root and also bear up fruit. Help us, O oh Lord, to grow from the word as a church family and every person collectively that we will benefit from the word. And the only way that we can is not only to be hearers, but also doers of the word. So, Lord, let us have a heart that is ready to receive and to respond to the word of God. 
Lead me by your spirit, the spirit of God that resides within me. Let your spirit lead and guide me to speak your word in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Before you're seated, shake hands with somebody beside you or around you. Shake hands with them. Look them in the eyes and say it's not too hard. It's not too hard. Our text today, Deuteronomy chapter 31, and we find that Moses is speaking to Israel really all throughout, all throughout this, this book. I read the Bible through in different translations at times studying, doing the most of my studying from King James, but here recently I was reading this very passage, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 11, I was reading it from the English Standard Version, or ESV in short, and it reads this way, for this commandment that I command you today is not too hard for you. It is not too hard for you. Now, I've already referred to Deuteronomy as the longest sermon or message recorded in Scripture. Moses knew that the day of his departure was at hand, that the Lord would take him at 120 years, faithfully serving the Lord and the people of God for the previous 40. Joshua, his successor, would soon lead Israel over this Jordan River on a military campaign to possess this land that had been promised all the way back to Abraham, then to Isaac and Jacob. And Moses, we find in the book of Deuteronomy, preaches, he preaches the whole Bible to them. That's what he does. I mean, he brings them the whole word. Now, of course, it'd be different if I preached the whole Bible today. I've got 69 books to preach from. He had five. Moses brought to them the word of the Lord. In fact, he instructed them in chapter 31, verse 10 through 13. He said, in fact, every seven years, I want everyone to gather together in this massive assembly, this rally of sorts, get together during this festival called the Tent or the Feast of Booths. And I want you to gather together all your little ones, your children, your wives. I want you to all gather together and you are going to hear all the law. Every seven years, you will hear everything all over again. Because it is imperative that you hear it. It is imperative that you know it. It is imperative that you have it. Because I want you to realize that what the Lord asks of you, it's not too hard. I don't want you to somehow cop out with an excuse, you know, I, you know if, I, if I just knew what I'm supposed to do. If I just knew what the Lord expects of me. I just want to know what he's asked. What does he want me to do? 
I'm telling you what he wants. You're going to hear it every seven years, this is what the Lord wants. Nobody has to somehow take a rocket ship up to heaven and get that word and bring it back down. Nobody's got to sail the ocean blue to find the word and bring it back. No, it's here. It's, it's in your mouth. It's in your heart. It's close to you. And the Lord has given it into your heart. And for me to say or even entitle this message that it's going, it's not too hard, that doesn't mean that it's not going to be a battle. It's not going to not be a struggle, but it will be a battle that is worth fighting. I've said this recently and I feel it in my spirit just to say it again. It's a good fight. It's a fight of faith. In fact, I like to put it this way, it's a fight for your faith. And how many knows that your faith is precious? The Lord has given to every man a measure of faith. Brother Walker preached not that long ago about our faith and the power and the potency of just a little bit of faith. It's going to be a struggle. There's a book that came out several years ago now, back in 2008, that was published, that was written really at that time by a couple young adults. And the book was entitled, Do Hard Things. Do Hard Things. And the subtitle was this, it was a teenage rebellion against low expectations. And back in 2008, they, they, these two boys, they saw this tendency of their peers to set the bar so low that they just did enough to get by and they wanted to fight against that paradigm, that idea that we're just going to do what we have to just to get by. It called teenagers, their peers and people in general to go against the grain of going with the flow and taking the path of least resistance in life. This might jar someone, it might be a little controversial, but I don't want to hear anybody right now complain about not having a job. Right about now, if you want a job, you can get a job. Last night, my family took my father-in-law, we went to Los Agaves. I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. We like Los Agaves. We've been disappointed here lately with Los Agaves. We've gone there the last couple times, and poor Los Agaves, they just they don't have enough workers. They just don't. They don't have enough workers in the kitchen. I was talking to Brother Hugo Velez. He was talking about how he was talking to one guy that was working front and waiter and going back in the kitchen doing it all. We've been to Los Agaves more than a few times. More than I'm going to share with you. But we were there last night, and one of my kids leaned over to my wife, and they said, I don't mean to be rude, but I, I don't think I've ever seen a white person working here. And there was about two or three waitresses that were as white as white could be. 
If you want a job right now, you could get a job. I don't care if you are white. You could go down to the Mexican restaurant and get yourself a job. You see, we, we have somehow, we have created this culture where we have set the bar of expectations so low that if it's not convenient, if it's not easy, if it doesn't fit our palate or our taste, then, then we don't want anything to do with it. We throw away jobs like we throw away trash and we act like we're just going to find something else out there that doesn't require work. <laughs> I'm going to get off this soapbox soon, but let me stay on it for a little while. At some point, you've got to realize there's a reason they call it work. It's because it takes a little work. Let me go ahead and preach to some married folks, too. Listen, in your marriage, it's going to take some W-O-R-K. Like Brother Walker said in Sunday school, it takes a little bit of work. But you, can, you don't go down to the Denny's and see a couple that's been married for 50-plus years. They didn't get there without some battles. They got there because they survived it, and they worked through it, and they got together and said, this is worth fighting for. And let me stand here before you today and say that your faith is worth fighting for. Your walk with God, it's worth fighting for. It's time for you to realize this isn't too hard. It's not time to quit. It's not time to throw in the towel. It's not time to say this is too hard. It's not too hard. It's not too hard. I just wish the Lord told me what I'm supposed to do. Well, pick up the book and read it for yourself. I wish I just knew what God wants me to do. Well, get to the house of God and listen to the preach word of God. It's right here. I said it's right here. It's not somewhere over there. It's not somewhere up there. It's so close you can hear. You can feel it in your heart. And it's not too hard. It's worth fighting for. It's a good fight, this fight of faith. I'm preaching this because I know folks that I've witnessed to that I sat across from that I baptized in the name of Jesus that told me with their very own voice, Pastor, I just can't do it anymore. It's just too hard. If eternity is not worth the fight, you need a better perspective of eternity. If your salvation is not worth the fight, ah, you've got to have your eyes opened up and your heart illuminated with revelation of how important your soul is, your salvation is, and the salvation of your house. It's worth, it's worth fighting for. Now this message, and the title of this message, it is in no way, shape, or form intended to minimize or trivialize the struggle or the pain experienced in the battle. Because it's real. Can I get a witness? We sing the praises of Job, who lost all his possessions and felt the immense pain of the death of not one but all of his children in one day. And it's for good reason when we have recorded 
for our reading words that came out of his mouth like this. Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave and the Lord taken away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. We hear words like that, that though the skin worms eat up my flesh, I will see the Lord in the land of the living. And even when his wife pressed upon him saying, do you still maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. But he said unto her, you speak as one of the foolish women speak. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and shall we not receive evil? In all this did Job not sin with his lips. It's for good reason, Brother Andy, that we put Job up as a great patriarch of faith. But let me remind you that just a few verses later from those words that I just read in Job 1, the Bible says, or Job 2, the Bible records in Job 3, verse 1, after this, that Job opened his mouth and he cursed his day. He may not have cursed his God, but he cursed the day. And Job spake and said, let the day perish wherein I was born and the night in which it was said, there is a man child conceived. Let the day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above. Neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of death stain it. Let a cloud dwell over it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. I'm talking about a man that never wanted to celebrate his birthday one more time. That's what he was saying. Cursed be the day that I was born. Don't you dare celebrate when I was born. I'm miserable. I'm full of pain. There will be pain in the battle. David, king of Israel, who was a man, regarded as a man after God's own heart, he was a giant killer. He was a gifted musician that penned the majority of the Psalms. It records him saying these words in Psalm 73, that my feet, they were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. I was envious of the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. When I looked around and I saw folks that didn't love God, didn't serve God, didn't obey God, and they were getting the raises and they were getting the promotions and they seemed so happy and their pictures on Facebook looked like they got it all together. Every day is a glorious day. He said, when I saw all the prosperity of the wicked, he said, I about backslid. Just speaking real talk to real folks here today. David said, I was on my way out of the church. In 1 Samuel chapter 27, verse 1, again, this, this great musician, this great and gifted psalmist said in his heart, I shall now perish one day by the hand of Saul, my enemy. He said, there is nothing, nothing is better for me. In essence, he said, I'm done. You want to know what he did after that? He crawled into the land of the Philistines and he squabbled before a pagan king and drooled out of his mouth and acted like a crazy man just so that he could find a place to lay his head at night. When I preach to you, it's not too hard. 
It's not because there won't be pain. When I preach to you and try to encourage you and put some boldness in your spirit, it's not too hard. It's not because you're going to have a pain-free life or days that you won't want to crawl under a rock or never get out of bed. Do you know what I'm talking about here today? Am I speaking to anyone that, that maybe your last time you woke up for work, you thought this is going to be the last time I ever do this. I can't do it anymore. Talking to some moms in the room. Talking to some parents in the room. You just wanted to sleep in one morning. And before the alarm went off, you heard in the other room cry. Or that favorite word of theirs, mom. To which you say, why don't they ever call for their dad? Because they know better. <laughs> I'll let them cry. <laughs> So with these verses, with these words, like Job saying, don't you celebrate my birthday anymore. With these real emotions on display for all to read, like, like David saying, there's nothing better for me. With these words still fresh in your ears, let me also read for you David's other words. Just one verse here when he says in Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord, somebody say it with me, at all times. Do you get it now? When he says at all times, it wasn't because he never experienced a bad day. When he says at all times, it's not because he never experienced pain or defeat or even his own failure. When he said at all times, he meant at all times because he experienced all times. He experienced the good times and the bad times. The blessed day and the day when the evil man is victorious. I will bless the Lord at all times and God's praises shall continually be in my mouth. Jeremiah, oh, that prophet to Israel or Jerusalem, that messenger of the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 8. Here's this great prophet of God, one of the major prophets of the Bible. He said, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil because the word of the Lord was made a reproach to me and I am in derision every day. I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. Jeremiah, let me tell you, Jeremiah felt pain. He felt real pain. He thought it might be better if he were dead. He thought it's too hard. In fact, he thought and he even said it and he even wrote it down for everyone to know he said it and not just thought. I'm done. can't do it anymore. 
Maybe many of you know that over the past 20 months, there has been a rise in suicides, rise in abuse, rise in narcotic and substance abuse. Did you also know that there is a great rise in the vacancy of pulpits all across the world? Preachers, pastors, they're quitting. I'm done. It's too hard. You've asked me to preach a message that nobody wants to hear. You've asked me to do something that nobody wants to see done. And so, Lord, I can't do it anymore. I quit. But read on. Read on. Jeremiah said, but his word. It's like a fire. <laughs> it's like a fire that shut up in my bones. I, I'm known as the weeping prophet and justifiably so. I've experienced more than a few hard days. I am in darkness and in a dungeon and in mire up to my waist. I tried to quit, but I can't quit, Sebastian. Because his word that I put in me can't stay in me. It's got to burn through my life. Are you hearing me today? You may have crawled into this place and feel like quitting and throwing in the towel. You said, I'm done with that book. I'm done with this life. I'm done with my faith. But I wish somebody would stir up that which is within you and realize it's a fire that cannot be contained. It cannot be kept quiet. Oh, it's too hard. No, it's not too hard. It is hard, but it's not too hard. It is difficult, but it's not too difficult. But for the, for, but for, for, for the lazy man, the wise man said, the slothful man in Proverbs 22, verse 13, the slothful man says, there's a lion. There's a lion in the streets. I'm not going to go out. There's ice on the streets. I can't make it today. No disrespect. There's a lion out there, and there very well might be a lion in the streets. But go and possess the land anyways. Let the Lord clothe you with the courage like that of one of King David's mighty men that we read about in 1 Chronicles chapter 11 and verse 22. The Bible says Benaniah, Benaiah, the son of Jehadiah, the son of a valiant man, Kabziel, who had done many mighty acts. He slew, he killed two men that were like lions of Moab, but he also went down and slew a, a lion in a pit on a snowy day. You're talking about the 
opposite of the slothful man who stays and closes his door and says, I can't go out there. There's a lion in the streets. And the opposite of that is a man that says, I see, I see something that I could conquer by the help of the Lord. I'm not afraid of it. I'm going out to it. I'll climb down into a pit on a snowy day if I have to. But I know that the Lord is with me and he will give me the victory. Somebody clap your hands if you believe it and shout yes. Woo, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hear the final words from Moses. I've already read from Deuteronomy. Let me, let me reference one, one more passage of Scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 6. These words that I'm about to read, they can be found repeatedly in the opening chapter of the book of Joshua. But in the book of Joshua, these words are spoken by the Lord himself directly to Joshua. But before Joshua hears them from the Lord, he hears them from the leader in his life, the spiritual authority, the man of God. And in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. And when Moses fades from the picture and is gone, and the people awaited instructions from Joshua, what must it felt like? What must it have felt like to be Joshua in that moment waiting for the voice of the Lord? He sees the eyes of the people upon him. Moses is gone, the man that he always stood beside and behind and championed before the people. Now it's him standing at the helm, standing to give direction to Israel. And Joshua chapter 1 opens and he's, he's probably a little intimidated, a little apprehensive. But Joshua hears the voice of the Lord. And the Lord says, Joshua... As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail you. I will not leave you. Be strong and of a good courage. Be strong and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee. I, I, can't, I can't imagine what it must have been like to be Joshua so close to Moses. The word of the Lord entered Joshua's heart and life through this man of God, Moses. <laughs> and now Moses is gone. No doubt he ached in his heart and grieved for Moses' presence. Where's Moses? And he felt the pressure of the people as they looked upon him. And he remembers faintly the last words that his leader said to him. Be strong and very courageous. Oh, but I wish... I just wish Moses was here to tell me that again. It's been more than a few times that I wish I could pick up the phone and call Pastor Terry Cox, who is a shepherd in my life from the time I was seven years old until the Lord took him home. And there were more than a few times I wish I could just call him and ask him what he would do in a given situation. Just hear his voice. And if you go outside in that pickup truck that my father-in-law donated to us, there's a cassette player. And you'll find in the cassette player a message preached by Brother Terry Cox. Because I just want to hear the man of God's voice again. 
It was a little bit ironic to me when I was listening to this particular message, the deceitfulness of religion, that during the message he referenced the fact that just in a few days he's going to turn 40. And just a few days ago I turned 40. Oh, if I could just hear his voice. And Moses probably, Joshua felt that way just a little bit. If I could just hear Moses again. Ooh, he was just there alone and outside a tent that he was in was the pressure of the people waiting for him to give instructions. And the word of the Lord came. And like the, like the voice of Moses, so the voice of God spoke the same words. Be strong and be very courageous. I will not fail you. I will not forsake you. Woo! What strength must have entered into Joshua's soul as he heard the echo of his leader now ring with the strength of the voice of the Almighty cry out in his tent, Oh, I can rise to the challenge now because I hear the voice of the pulpit and I hear the voice of the Lord in prayer. I can have the victory. It's not too hard. I will cross this torrent. I will have the victory. I'm not calling it quits yet. I will make it. I will make it. Stand to your feet if you believe it. Clap your hands with strength and say, God, you are going to cause us to win the victory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Be seated for just a moment. I'll come to a close here soon. This passage of scripture that I just read for you, it is quoted and referenced by the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans chapter 10. It is the chapter, Brother Walker, that oneness, born again apostolics, choose to sometimes sidestep a particular scripture in this chapter. Oh, can I say it plain today? But there are some folks that just love this scripture. That if you shall confess with your mouth, if you believe in your heart, you'll be saved. And we do sometimes like, like they do. All you do is just keep turning to Acts 2.38. Why do you keep turning there? Why do you ignore John chapter 3? Or why, why do you ignore Romans chapter 10? And we say, well, why do you ignore Acts chapter 2? And The whole word of God is profitable. It's all good. Someone say, it's all good. I said, it's all good. Deuteronomy's good, just like the book of Acts is good. It's all good. Romans 10 is good, just like Acts 2 is good. It's all good. And in Romans chapter 10, the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church of Rome and he says, and he quotes that very passage of scripture from Deuteronomy. He says, don't say like they said, it's too hard for us. We've got to go up to heaven or we've got to go over the sea and we've got to find the word. No, it's there, it's right there. And just like the Sunday school lesson said, in this chapter and even in this book he says don't you understand you think that Abraham was justified by works don't you understand that he was saved before he was circumcised that God imputed righteousness to him by his faith that he put in God 
What is, what is it? What is it that could give you strength when you feel like you have no strength? Pastor, I hear you. You say it's not too hard, but you don't live in my house. You don't face my demons. You don't know what it's like to go to school today. I can't do it. I can't be different than everybody I go to school with. I can't talk and live different than everybody I work with. But you know the pressure is real. Paul says, I know it's real. He says, but remember the word. It's not far away. He says, but it's right there on your lips. It's in your heart. Hear me now. Speak it out. Oh, no, 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 no. We, we don't believe that. We, we don't believe that if you confess, that's all you got to do and be saved. No, no, we do believe it. I said we do believe it. We believe that there is the power of life and death in your words. We believe that if someone will speak the words of repentance, it leads unto life. We believe that if we'll be baptized when someone says, in the name of Jesus, we can be forgiven of all of our sins. We do believe that if we surrender and worship and God allows us to begin to speak with other tongues as he fills us with the Holy Ghost, we are I wish someone would believe it after new birth as you did before new birth. I want you to get up and say it's not too hard. The Lord will deliver me. The Lord will save me. The Lord will strengthen me. The Lord will allow me to see another day. I said, I'm going to make it. I said, I'm going to make it. I said, come hell or high water. Come what may. I am going to make it. My family's going to be making it. My children are going to make it. My city is going. We're going to see revival in Rock Island. We're going to see revival in the Quad Cities. We're going to see this city turned upside down by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Clap your hands, everybody. Oh, I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord God. Remain standing together with me, if you would. It's right there. It's not far. It's not far. It's not unattainable. What he's trying to say is, you didn't save yourself because of what you've done. You saved yourself because of who you believed in and who you declared your faith in. It's in your mouth. Confess it. Jesus is Lord. That means cancer is not Lord. That means disease is not Lord. That means this pandemic is not the Lord. That means government is not Lord. That means whatever comes, what may, it is not Lord, but there's only one Lord and his name is Jesus. Well, where, where do I get this strength from? I don't have any strength. I'm here. You talked about Job, and you talked about David, and you talked about Jeremiah, and the pain that they felt. I am in pain, Pastor. I'm in pain. I, I could put on a show and act like I'm doing good and tell everybody I'm fine. I'm in pain. I'm grieving. I'm hurting. I'm bitter. I'm angry. I'm offended. Jeremiah, I'm calling you. No, no, I'm too, I'm too young. I can't do it. I'm just a child. I've been waiting for you because when you were in the womb being formed, I, I had promise and purpose for your life. Furthermore, Jeremiah, I am with you. 
It's not you and it's not in you. Until I'm in you, you can't do it on your own. When he called it quits, God didn't strike him with a bolt of lightning. Say, I knew you would fail. Good for nothing, loser. Why'd I even ask you to do this? No. God, in his patience, he knew the framework of Jeremiah. He was just dust. He was just man, flawed mankind. I'll just let my words settle there just a little while longer. Watch it. Watch it. It's just an ember right now. But that ember, it just faded a little bit. I know you called it quits. I know you turned in your card. I, I know you said I can't do it anymore, but ain't that right, Sister Brown? I sent my word and it healed you. Come on, David. I know you're about backslid. You're looking around on Facebook and you see everybody with the smiles and, and, they, and they don't look like you and they don't live like you and they're living everything that you and your flesh want to live. But you're saying, I got to be holy and I got to be righteous. And you're saying, I don't want to do this. I want to I wanna, I wanna play around. I want to do whatever I want to do. No, no, no. Stay, stay. Come to church. Come to church. <laughs> I, I know, I know you've entertained thoughts of uh, backsliding. You've inter even entertained thoughts of suicide. You thought about giving up on life. Job, I know you'd never want to celebrate another birthday, but just come on into my presence. <laughs> Let the word come out. Oh, ha, ha, what? Romans 10? How will they be saved? By faith? Faith comes by what? By the word, how shall they hear unless someone be sent? I'm here because I'm sent of God to preach the word of God to a people that are struggling in the battle. But I've come with the word to say it's not too hard. You may be weeping. You might be grieving. But let your sorrow be sorrow. It will last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hear the words of David, I will bless the Lord at all times. It's like David knew something. With every eye closed, right now, nobody looking around. It's like David knew something. He knew where his strength comes from. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. Because I understand that the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And if I could get into the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. Jesus said it in the Gospels. He said, out of the mouth of babies, of children, thou hast perfected praise, which literally means strength. Do you understand that when hell throws its worst at you and your flesh feels like throwing in the towel, when you praise God, your strength is renewed and refreshed. There is power in your praise. There's power in your worship. We don't just come here so that you can hear a concert. We come here so we can worship and be strengthened. Woo! 
Someone hear the instructions of Jude who said, I will build up myself in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy Ghost, pray with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because your faith will be built up and be strengthened. Someone's getting their strength right now. Don't hate on them while they're getting their strength. Someone ought to join them and say, listen, you're not in this alone. You're not fighting this battle by yourself. But there's a whole body and an army of believers. We're in this together. And when the, boy, the body comes together, every joint supplies and nourishes the other. Woo, don't let her praise alone. I said, don't let her worship alone. Somebody ought to come and say, hey, I will bless the Lord at all times. Uh, yes, I came into this world with nothing. I'm going to leave with nothing. But blessed be the Lord my God. In the name of Jesus, I pray that I'm preaching to someone here today. That someone would receive what has been heard. That you would apply it and respond right now, right now. Fill up this altar. Fill up this place with praise. Fill up this place with worship. Let the word of God sink into your heart and bring strength to your soul. Yes, 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 yes. Who else? Who else? Who else needs it? I said, who else needs to respond to this message? Get out of your seat. Get out of your seat. Get out of your row and say, I'll step out in the aisle. I'll step up into the altar. I'm going to find my strength. I'm going to find my help. I'm going to find direction. It's here. It's here. It's here. You don't have to fly up high into the sky. You don't have to go overseas. It's here. The strength is here in this room. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord God. That's it. That's it. Oh, let's go ahead. Let's lift our voices. Let's worship. Let's pray for one another. Let's strengthen one another by our prayers and by our praise and by our worship. Hallelujah.